Hey everybody, thank you for joining us on another episode of Japan by River Cruise. My name's Bobby Judo, I'm here in Fukuoka. It's a pleasure to have you cruising with us. My name's Ollie Horn, and I'm calling you this week from a place called Miri. It's getting weirder every week. Where am I? Uh, this week we've got another great episode. We're going to be talking about Fukushima and its radioactive waste, which is still in the news despite it almost being 2020. Uh, radiation doesn't go away, apparently. Also, Ollie's got your uh, River Cruise recommendation this week, right, Ollie? Uh, yes, uh, this week is a, a recommendation that's very close to my heart. Uh, this week is a river cruise that goes across the breadth of Japan, celebrating England's victory in the Rugby World Cup. Uh, we're not sure when that's going to be scheduled. Also, uh, ahead of the Olympics, you know Japan is trying to catch up with the rest of the modern world, and we're going to tell you how the river cruise industry is no different. Uh, they're putting out an effort to modernize, they're looking to ban smoking, allow guests with tattoos, and modernize their dietary options, uh, at least according to a press release fax we received this morning. But first, Soap Talk. Bobby Judo, Yo. birthday boy. Happy birthday. How's your week been? Good. I am 36. 36. And uh, if anybody is listening and they want to use this stock Japanese joke, this is an original joke, but it works very, very well in Japanese. When you want to tell somebody your age, you can say, which means I'm 36 years old, but inside I still feel like I'm 34. It's funny. Works very well. I suggest you use it. Uh, the, do you want to? Um, you, you know what I always used to do when people would, would ask me my age, because people wouldn't believe how young I was, or they thought I was young, and then they would ask me how old I am. Ask me how old I am in Japanese. Eh, okay, that's annoying. You're gonna have to ask a different way for my joke to work. Oh, I'm gonna have to ask the super <laughs> elementary way that people always ask because they because they assume I can't speak you Japanese. Speak yeah. at a childlike level. Um, right. Nansai desu ka? Okay, so you, so yeah, so the joke that I recommended is one that I thought of. The one that Ali yeah. recommended is a joke that every elementary school child has thought of. Yeah, well, <laughs> means, I... ten, tensai means genius. So it's a, it's a play on words with the idea that you could be ten sai years old, or you could be tensai, which is genius. That and joke would really... work particularly well if you were ten, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's why every 10-year-old in Japan does it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it worked, always worked for me. Ali's best jokes are the, one that, the ones that everybody already does. Yeah, but that's how good I am at delivery. Uh, so, so uh, <laughs> how, how's your birthday week been? How does it feel to be 36 in Japan? Uh, it feels fine. It feels fine. It's another... Um, yeah, I talk to people who, most of the people that I work with are significantly older, like they're in their later 40s or they're in their 50s. And, uh, and when people, when you're really young, they go, oh, you're so young, you're so young. And then when you get to like your, your late 20s, your mid 30s, people start to say stuff like, ah, kore kara desu ne, which means like, oh, this is when everything starts. But there's this element to it of like, ah, eh, you've still got time left. Right. I, <laughs> right. It's like I think, you're not doing not doing as well as you hoped, are you, son? I think I think they say it with an air of like, oh well that's the time in my life when everything started to get busy or you know, that's when you have your kids are starting to get older and you know, your career is starting to move and this and that and they mean it in this in this sense that like this is where things will start to get more serious, get busier, get bigger. But but I always say uh yeah, 
私はここまで来ただけでだいぶ疲れてます。Which is like everyone, <laughs> everyone always says, oh, it's from here on out, from here on out. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, just getting here has kind of exhausted me. I want to say that kind of thing to a 60 year old. Like, you know, like, <laughs> learn, learn, you, know, you know, there's a Love FM presenter which is in his mid 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matsui said.、Uh, right? Matsui said, right, I, I, next time I meet him and he has a, a significant birthday, I'm going to say that to him. How old are you this week? I'm, 87, I'm 87 years old. <laughs>、uh, uh, so,、uh, did you do anything to celebrate your birthday? No, I had work.、Uh, I actually had a crazy job yesterday. There's this thing called the Fukuoka Kenjin Kai. Kaigai Fukuoka Kenjin Kai. Kaigai means overseas or, I guess, worldwide in this sense. And Fukuoka Kenjin is people who trace their lineage to Fukuoka, and the Kai is like a group. And so they held their world summit, their conference in Fukuoka this year,、um, which makes sense because that's where they're from. I was, I was, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I'm really glad that they managed to win that bid again this year.、Uh, well, they, they do it every three years, and one out of every two times is in Fukuoka. So the Fukuoka hosts it every six years. And they're from all over the world. I think there's like 20 countries represented. They're Canada, Mexico, Paraguay,、uh, like three different groups in Hawaii.、Um, but, but, all, but all the people there have something to do with Fukuoka. They all can trace their roots to Fukuoka. So, so some of them don't speak Japanese. Some of them are like fifth generation, whatever country they're in. Some of them are, are like first generation, like their company transferred them to Peru last week. <laughs>、uh, okay. So, it's a, it's a real big mix of people, but it's a big deal. And so, they had me MC the Kinen、uh, Shikiten, the commemorative opening ceremony, and then the welcome reception. And there's like 600 some people there. And the governor of Fukuoka came, like all the mayors of the different cities in Fukuoka came. And、uh, I had, so when they have a big event, they invite all these prominent people. And,、um, and people、you. who can't come send something called the Shukuden. Which is like a letter of congratulations, a letter of a message of celebration. And so I had to、um, read、uh, a letter from the financial minister, Asol Tardo. Did that letter come through the event or did they send it through Japan by rivercruise.com?、Uh, both. They did it through both. So I had a, a, <laughs> Just to make sure I got that. I had a printed out copy you know, on hand because they don't want me like, looking on my, on my devices、yeah. uh, while I'm emceeing.、Um, And what, what、yeah. did the letter say? Taro, thanks. Cho yo viste. It's a really disrespectful, <laughs> a very disrespectful way to refer to、uh, the, the vice prime minister kind of guy.、Uh, used to be prime、uh, minister, can, right? We, we can't confirm nor deny that he listens to the podcast, though, so don't worry. Yeah.、Uh, I, I also noticed on Facebook that you did another event where you were talking about making a town that is accessible for all. You were on a panel discussion. Oh, yeah, yeah.、Uh, universal design. It's kind of in Japan,、yeah. the buzzwords are barrier free and universal design. But I was on a panel,、um, and it's so funny to me because ba- it's barrier free was... with, exe- with the exception of the immigration system. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, this is、uh, about you know, making it's machizukuri, it's、uh, city planning and city design with an eye to making everybody of all different walks of life comfortable in this city. And so they had a, a representative of the local LGBT organization. They had、um, a guy who was a para, Paralympic athlete.、Uh, and then they had someone who tans, did they? The all, all the tropes from last week's episode? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was the straight white male 
but in Japan, I represent diversity. Yeah. And what, what kind of things did you say that the town needs to change to accommodate you more? Well, it wasn't so much like what the town needs to change. Uh, we're supposed to be kind of like praising the town for how universal its design is and how forward thinking Fukuoka is, which it really is. I mean, they do they do a lot. Um, they're one of the cities that, that does the most to encourage foreign startup companies to bring their business over uh, foreign uh, that's a lot of tokenism, exchange mate. students. Yes and no. I mean, there are people who make their lives uh, off of that. But but yeah, I mean, a lot of it is is for reputation for for show. But um yeah. But this so they asked me mostly about, you know, my experiences as uh, a foreigner in Japan and the ways that we get treated. And I think I talked more about residential foreigners than tourists and the idea that the current generation you can't tell who somebody is, what their identity is just by the fact that they don't look Japanese. Um, right. And so I relate Did, experiences of like not being allowed into restaurants. Uh, I actually told your story about being pushed as though it were my story. So thanks for that. Did you? Uh, I did. I totally did. And uh, how, how did it go? Uh, it, yeah. Well, I told it. So it went better than when you tell it. <laughs> but, <laughs> have I talked about this story on the podcast? I think yeah, I have. Yeah, a couple weeks, a couple weeks back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is, this was when, um, basically a Japanese guy, like just, uh, well, I say Japanese guy, a, the fact that his nationality, I suppose is relevant. Um, a waiter um, just just pushed me out of the way in the middle of a, yeah. of a party that he was waiting at. Yeah, and more when than I was the like, fact that he was just a Japanese guy, it was he was in the service industry and you were a customer, and he just assumed yeah. that you wouldn't speak his language, so he physically moved you out of the way. And then but, I was um, like, "Did you just yeah. push me, man?" And he was like, "Um, <laughs> I didn't realize you spoke Japanese." Uh, um, did you speak about as a foreign resident how difficult it is to um, separate your trash into the different trash bags, um, and how you're looking for more help um, from the local Japanese residents who have a native and intuitive sense for trash separation? I didn't, but uh, they're probably going to do uh, another talk show, so maybe we can spend like thirty, forty minutes on that. That'd be great. Um, my um, my top tip um, is ganbareba subete no gomi ga which is what I used to say all the time. Which is like in Japan, you split you split you split your trash into uh, uh, well look, well it depends on the prefecture Burnable, actually. But in combustible Fukuoka, and non combustible. Yeah, combustible right? non combustible, right? And I was like, mm, that's a distinction which I see as a challenge. If you try hard enough, everything's combustible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, good. Well, uh, another thing that I like about Fukuoka is when, when there was the proliferation of signs, which was they changed accessible toilet. Um, sorry, they changed from disabled toilet to accessible toilet, which is a good start, right? Because you shouldn't be highlighting the disability. You should be highlighting the fact that it's accessible. And what then, the, what, what was the? Yeah, sorry. I'm yeah. talking about the the English trans the English translation, okay, right? Was English accessible. Translation. To, then, then they changed accessible toilet to multi-purpose toilet, which was a bad translation of the Japanese, which was multi-use toilet. Uh, mm. And and so it always just, it always right? tamokteki. Yeah, multiple. Yeah, exactly. Right, tamokteki. Right, multiple uses really. Uh, they uh, use the same thing for like a gymnasium. They call it tamokteki hall because you could have a speech there, you could have a volleyball game there, you could have well, it, a and, uh, exactly. Game there. And yeah. that's what I find. That's what I find really funny. That like you, you know, the fact the fact that in a hall you could do basically anything, right? You could do your Zumba class. Uh, the fact that a toilet's going, hey, can I get in on this? Um, <laughs> if you, you need to do your juggling practice, I, I've got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's. I mean, 
it is multi-purpose because it's not only that multiple people can use it, it's you could also use it to change your kids, you could use it to breastfeed, you could use it to change clothes. But that's all stuff which um, can just be done in the female toilet, can't it? Oh, let's look there at our go. mail. Let's look at our mail. Okay. We got let's it. look at back, our mail, not our female. On, back on track. We've got the Bryans again. Uh, oh, Brian man. from Fukuoka. Uh, Have we got, reference sorry, Bobby, most, just before you start. Yeah. Sorry, but are there any emails which aren't from one of the Bryans, one of the original Bryans? This week? Yeah. No, uh, only the one from, uh, from Zaimu Daijin. <laughs> I am this close to giving up. If, if, <laughs> if, 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 and the thing is, I know other people listen to this, right? It's not like we don't get stats. For Christ's sake, stop this. Right? <laughs> Someone whose name isn't Brian, who doesn't live in Fukuoka, please email into the show. So I've that we said can call it, you a Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I've said enough offensive things this week already for you to make a complaint. I don't know. I think actually uh, Brian from Fukuoka, uh, he actually has kind of a, a, a worthwhile little joke here in his, his mail. It says, in reference to go. the most recent episode about blood, blood donations, I'm curious to know how it's possible for a medical professional to draw blood from an otaku's erection if their junk is all pixelated. Um, which, is, which is okay. The better one, the more worthwhile one, I think, is it seems to me like the more elegant solution is to prepare a bucket to catch the blood from their explosive nosebleed. Now, this is high-quality Japan trivia on display here. Do, do you know this, Ollie? No. Ah, okay. So, Brian... Educate me, Brian. Ollie. So, uh, <laughs> when... when uh, what, something like... Um, hang on. Something like, It's Brian yori mo Brian rashi desu ne. You're more Brian than Brian. Yeah. Uh, so, so in it's an anime and manga trope that... When someone is aroused, they get a nosebleed. And so in all of these little horny anime things that, that we were talking about last week, uh, whenever the guy walks in on a girl in the bathroom or catches a, catches a glimpse through her window and sees her naked or whatever, he gets an explosive nosebleed because that's what happens when you are aroused. Does that not happen to you? Sorry, Bobby. I was just grabbing some tissue. Um, just got a bit of a nosebleed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's never it's never happened to me. Well, I was told at school that the, there's only two ways that you can get a nosebleed: uh, by um, having be, being punched in the nose, um, or by picking your nose. And it was a way of shaming people who had nosebleeds, I'm sure, because both of those are undignified things to either do or have done to you. Yeah. Uh, are nosebleeds more common in some countries than others? Is is this a genetic thing? I'm trying to be. think if I, I'm trying I, I, right now. I'm going know. through all the races in my mind and imagining them all uh, with a bleeding nose. All no. uh, yep seems to work. Seems to work out for me. Anyone uh, listeners right now, try it. Go through a little roller deck of different races and just imagine them all with a nosebleed. Well, yeah, everybody, yeah, all seems everybody fine, doesn't it? Bleeds. Everybody bleeds, but um, I don't know where the. I would actually be interested in looking into where the you get a nosebleed when you're aroused trope came from because I don't think that's a thing that actually happens does it uh i've not experienced arousal in my life did brian the other brian yeah we the got other that, original we got brian one. we got brian and fukuoka you know the one also uh they're they're engaging with the content so that's good uh, he says uh hey guys someone from the japanese red cross must be listening to the podcast because i went searching for those posters with uzaki chan and couldn't find a one. Oh, and when i went in to donate blood they took it from my dick um so yeah, engaging with the content, making a joke, 
all stuff we enjoy. But um, but the Brian's thing, we yeah. we appreciate right we appreciate you, but we also resent you. I think, <laughs> I, I think that's the sentiment. Well, I mean, you do because they're funnier than you. But um, <laughs> but this thing about couldn't find the Uzaki Chan posters is not only not true, but actually like the Red Cross has like logged this as a victory. They've taken this as a win. There's like a new campaign with Uzaki-chan, and they've started saying that she's, I know, netujo de cho ninki. She's become super popular on the internet. <laughs> That's really, really funny. To, yeah. to talk about, uh, yeah, turning a, a scandal into a PR opportunity. Yeah, Red that, Cross. That's Red really, Cross really... rolling at its finest. I think we should have a look at the news in its entirety. Let's see if we can cover that in 10 minutes. Right, Bobby. There is a. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot in the news. I think we should just pick on one story this week. Yeah, yeah. It looks like there's a lot going on. Which which story should we do? Uh, maybe the one which you referenced at the top of the show. Uh, the story which so uh, predictable. So predictable. I know. I know. Well, the 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 Brian's are busy people. Uh, This um is. It's just a headline you don't want to read, is it? 91 bags of radioactive waste swept into rivers. Uh, that's that's a story that you click on, isn't it? Uh, cool, Japan's cool, cool. Environment Ministry says dozens of bags containing radioactive soil were sl- swept into rivers following a powerful typhoon last month. The dangerous waste was produced as a result of the 2011 nuclear disaster, uh, which, um, as listeners know, uh, was in Fukushima, which is ages away from Fukuoka, but that doesn't stop people uh, confusing them. Uh, right, right. We're mentioning Fukuoka because that's where Bobby lives. That's where I used to be famous. Uh, officials say they have confirmed that 90 bags uh, in Fukushima and one in um, to- Tochigi uh, Prefecture were swept Tochigi away. Yeah. Um, and uh, tw- then 25 of the bags were found empty. Um, they were swept away by Typhoon, typhoon Hagibis. 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 This, this is totally unrelated, is called... but can I tell you yeah. something really sad? Uh, uh, yeah. I thought for a while that the typhoon was called Habigus. I think so, I saw somebody had posted like a graphic where they had misspelled it. And so I thought that the typhoon was called Habigus, not Hagibus. Habigus. And so I had this whole joke about Habigus the typhoon and that I was tweeting out that it was like Habigus the typhoon. It's fucking huge. And, right. and uh, then I realized that I was just spelling it wrong. Right. Well, anyway, this typhoon has caused a huge amount of destruction. I know on the episode three weeks ago, we somewhat belittled it because it was on its way. And um, I made distasteful jokes and you said, let's hope that the destruction is not like so, so bad that we regret um, belittling it. But like Shinkansen trains weren't moved to higher ground and like that ruined like literally billions of of dollars of infrastructure. Infrastructure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, the, the way that I always kind of judge how bad a disaster is, is, is whether or not TV goes off regular programming, because that's like the most immediate thing in my life. When the, uh, the Fukushima happened, the earthquake that caused Fukushima and the tsunami uh, in 2011, all of the regular TV broadcasts went off for like weeks, for like weeks. Well, and uh, for the, the prior... Hagibus, 
um, they didn't go off much at all. Like it was like they would report about the disaster and they would report about the damage during the news hours and then they would have their variety programs on right after. Right, okay. I, I'm not sure if we've spoken about this, but when Fukuoka um, had an earthquake, or rather Kumamoto had an earthquake, and Fukuoka was uh, still kind of on the... Uh, yeah, try know, to make it sound like there was an earthquake in Fukuoka, and you're not just talking at your butt. <laughs> well, they, well, well they, they, I mean, the, the, the epicenter was in Kumamoto, right? But I yeah. certainly got woken up by it, and like stuff fell off my shelves. Like it was the first time I, th- yeah. I was like, "Oh, yeah, this yeah, feels yeah. like an earthquake." That happened. Yeah, you're right. It did happen. You're right. And you're right. We, uh, and the the only reason that that I mentioned this is um, you're saying like you know regular programming changes. Love FM, which was the station that I used to work for, um, were so desperate um, to have someone come in and read the emergency announcements in English uh, that they called me. And it was very clear from the tone of the voice of the producer who called to say, we need someone to sit in the studio all day and read the emergency announcements in English, that I yeah. was absolutely the last person that they'd called. Like the, the tone, the tone, <laughs> like the, the, the tone was, we've called everyone. They're either not going to come in or not available. Um, this is not an opportunity for you to get your widest possible audience to crack jokes. There are people that need to know where clean drinking water is, and you might be the only the only person that ends up telling them yeah. this. That's and a, I'm not that's sure if a you... level of desperation that that I'm familiar with, because like I occasionally will have things that I I want to talk to you about, like if I'm having trouble or if I have something that I need a, a consultation about or this and that, and I always have to preface it with like, Ali, I'm gonna need you to not make a joke for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right, and you, and you never make it. You never make it. Uh, but but these um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not. But I'm not sure. Have you ever done this job when there's a disaster on the radio? But there, there's this book right, which has got um kind of ready-made scripts that have already been written, and it's like a fill-in-the-blanks exercise. But it's really morbid yeah, because yeah. the scripts are like there have been, and then there's a blank, and then just before you go on air, someone in the newsroom goes put the number five, then you write the number five, and then you go, there have been five confirmed deaths. And yeah. <laughs> it's really sad. And yeah. and then this book, this book is a, it's like a doomsday book because the first couple of pages are like, there's an earthquake. There has been an earthquake. There's some inconveniences. To then further through these sheets is like, you know, here are the locations of the drinking water and giving advice on how to find water, um, you know, where you can get wind-up radios. And then, like, towards the end of this book, like, there's stuff like well we're all we're dead now <laughs> it's like uh, yeah i don't know i don't know why i'm still bothering the situations reading get progressively progressively worse right and also what, what i found absolutely absolutely absurd was this radio studio is a glass studio right you've uh you, you used to work inside it yeah. in a shopping center and i was like are you it's really a big department that- store it's on the first floor and it's got like all glass windows into the actual broadcast studio so people who are walking by outside through the park can see you yeah it's like a zoo and uh and I was reading stuff like uh, make sure that you are not make sure that you're not surrounded by items which can shatter, such as glass. Tape up your windows <laughs> while sitting <laughs> from, in a glass box from from inside a glass box. And I was like, "Is this cool?" But obviously, right? Obviously, you're not paid enough to actually stay in the studio. Like, I did have that moral dilemma. Like, what what if an actual proper earthquake came? Do I like do I rise to the occasion and stay in the studio and like you know? do these announcements in English or do I go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not paid enough for this. I'm out. 
Yeah. You know, it's 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 like when you're on an airplane and they they come up to you and they're like, in the event of an emergency landing, you're responsible for opening this door. It's like, yeah, fine, and you're, it's your job to help out the other passengers. It's like at this stage, um, I think there's going to be limited means of accountability. Obviously, I'm out first. Right, right. Well, it's all good. I'm happy to be responsible while the plane is flying in the air and there's no problem. But in the event of an emergency, <laughs> screw you guys. Uh, let's exactly. get back to the uh, the river stuff real quick because uh, we care very much about that. And there are 91 bags of radioactive waste swept into the rivers by Typhoon Habigus, Hagabus. And um, was it, it said they were stockpiled since 2011 at a temporary storage site since 2011. Well- Certainly was temporary, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> the typhoon made made uh, quick work of that. And this is this is honestly the first time I've seen Fukushima and the radioactive waste stuff in the news uh, in a while. And and part of I, I know it pops up every once in a while, but like I feel like it's not in the news nearly as as much as it should be. I read right relatively recently there are still people that like haven't been properly rehoused right like the the, the oh, government no, yeah of course of course it's um it's it's a atro- it's atrocious really mm. uh, i mean i don't <laughs> think you and i have got any go on let me i i've been looking at this article and it says uh, the officials are commenting they say at least 25 of the bags were found empty meaning that the tainted soil was carried away in floodwaters but the officials add that radiation levels around the sites remain unchanged that's good. They uh, the radiation levels have remained unchanged. They are still currently sitting at ah holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> didn't um didn't Chris Broad do a YouTube video from the um from Fukushima quite I recently? Don't know who that is. Chris Broad abroad in Japan. Oh, abroad in Japan. Uh, I don't know. Is that that is his, that is his surname right? Broad. I'm not. Yeah, that sounds uh, right. Anyway. I, I got to be honest, I never really watched any YouTuber who was not me. Got it. You know he has a podcast as well. Uh, as long as it's not about rugby or river cruises, I think we're okay. Uh, no, I think it's about um, pedalos or something. Um, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Swan boats. Swan, swan boat reviews. Uh Swan boats. Swamp, uh, this is a, a bit of Japanese. I learned the word swambo in Japanese before I learned it in English. What's it in Japanese? Uh, swan boat. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it, I and, mean it's pretty... What's the word? It's, it's pretty... What's, I just totally lost an English word. Apparent? I and mean, that's a pretty apparent... Huh. But I don't, th- I don't anyway. think I, I don't think I've been on a swan boat outside of Japan. Right. This this is an appeal to the listenership. Have you ever been on a boat, right? That, like a pedalo kind of boat that is the shape of a swan, and you're inside the swan. So I'd never heard of the word pedalo, but I have been on the swan boats in Japan a lot of times. We we've been on them together. I think we went in a canoe, didn't we? I. Oh yeah, we might have. No, we did. We, it wasn't the canoe we did. We did the um, the regular boat. Okay. And people were staring at us because there's a there's a there's a lake in Fukuoka called Ohori. Well, there, there's a park in Fukuoka called Ohori Park, which has a lake in the middle, and yep. you can like take boats out in a romantic sense. And we just sometimes did it because it's not that expensive and it's a nice way to pass the time. But people didn't quite get what two 
grown white men were doing in a boat together. Well, I think part they, of that was I feel kissing. like I remember that you were singing. Really? Yeah, wouldn't Oh, one of us was singing. <laughs> I think it might have been you. It could have been, yeah. But the point is, I mean, uh, it wasn't just that we were two men. I think we were a spectacle. Well, yeah, we are, of course, of course, yeah, of course we're a, we're a spectacle. Um the uh, well, in that case, to to play us out from this episode will be a, a reenactment of me and Bobby in one of those boats. Um, imagine the scene; it's post-apocalyptic. Uh, the um, somehow this radioactive waste has made it to Orhori, uh Park. Uh, we are boating around it. We are the only two uh, members of society that valiantly um, are doing the cleanup operation, and uh, we are singing this song. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, this is a bit of podcast trivia. That is actually me and Bobby singing that. Thank you for listening. Um, glad you made it this far. Uh, please send us some messages. Brian's, we love you. And uh, see you next week on Japan by River Cruise. Uh, just going to interject there. Um, the Brian's, I love you sentiment is the sentiment of Bobby Judo in a personal capacity, not as a representative of the show.